3: UFO contacts have been ongoing in Switzerland with the clearest UFO evidence ever seen. Billy Meyer is also the source of the most accurate, life-saving prophecies and predictions in human history. Suppressed and kept from you for decades, now freely available at theyflyblog.com and Get Michael Horn's newest documentary, From the Depths of Space, on this singularly authentic UFO case at theyflyblog.com. Mention Night Dreams and get a free award-winning film with any purchase. The new film will be out in January. Billy Meyer, Michael Horn. Log on now. theyflyblog.com. He's one of paleontology's top fossil restorers. He's Joe Taylor, and his unique expertise has been used on many world-class fossils, including the world's largest molds of fossils still in the ground, such as the three complete mammoth skeletons at the Waco Sudden Death Mammoth Site in Waco, Texas. 40 years working in every area of fossils has opened the door to the strange mystery of giant men and the biblical Nephilim, which has opened the door to Bigfoot, UFOs, Mothman, and much more. Joe Taylor's book, Giants Against Evolution, chronicles all of these. You can order Joe's books at www.mtblanco.com or call. That's 806-675-7777 Joe Taylor's incredible museum is currently adding new and amazing displays Find out more at www.mtblanco.com Did you know Night Dreams Talk Radio can promote your product or service? And it will be heard by one of the largest audiences in paranormal talk radio. Contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com or go to our main web page and use the contact box at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com.
4: I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask
3: you, Is not an alien force already among us? Night Dreams brings on the night worldwide. Did you know you can find us on your favorite app? And now you can watch us live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and give us a thumbs up. And now, here's Gary.
0: And here I am. Well, it is Thursday, the 17th of February. Boy, time is going by fast. Weather here down at the compound... Well, a little bit of rain today in the temperatures in the 40s. I'll tell you, I can live with that. Well, in the news, we all heard about Benny and Barney Hill and certainly about Travis Walton. Well, new information has surfaced and we'll have that information for you on Monday's show. But it's rather interesting. In the news, well, the Mayas and other ancient civilizations were experts. In well, not brain control or mind control, but doing surgical implants with humans in the skull. And if you think about this, James, look, even us, we didn't even have that technology in the 1700s, 1600s, 1800s. You know, people are still bleeding people, you know, with the brains and parts of their body. And they didn't even know how to, you know, do anything when it comes to the brain. And just think about the Mayas and other civilizations going in and putting implants in the brain and and doing operations. Isn't that kind of really ahead of their time?
4: It actually, uh, it's mind boggling. But yes, that that was ahead of their time. Matter of fact, you mentioned that in the later years they were still drilling holes to relieve pressure uh, in your in your head. So that is mind boggling to think that a civilization in the middle of a jungle would you know, uh, do these operations, very intense ones, actually. Uh, that is uh, amazing. I don't even know where to go with that. thats I couldn't imagine that. Man. And just think, they didn't have anesthesia either that we know of, but maybe they did.
0: Well, don't forget the Egyptians did the same thing. They were doing operations in people's brains. But maybe they had technology that we don't understand. Maybe in a lot of ways they were farther advanced than we are. Maybe they had the
4: technologies from ETs. That, that's true. And, you know, we've talked about it throughout the years. Maybe they had a technology that's been lost over time. We don't know. But there's definitely something there. I know they didn't just one day say, hey, let's, let's perform these procedures because they sound pretty uh, intense.
0: Well, this article I was reading, too, about some of the stuff like implants in the human brains, that the stuff was actually put in their skull. And, the, the you know, because the, they can tell how long after they had the surgery roughly – how long the person lived after it. People lived a normal life after they had brain surgery. Could you imagine, even in the 1800s or early 1900s, doing brain surgery, the average person, if you had brain surgery, you were a goner. And especially if you go into like the 1800s and stuff like that, even if they thought about it, because they didn't even know about sanitizing and all this other stuff. So the infection, let alone going into, you know, doing things to the brain. They had to know what did what in the brain to be able to do these implants and do these type of
4: operations. And the people seem to live after it. You're so correct. And I was just going to say uh, the infection was the big thing. So I'm wondering also if they had that kind of technology, maybe they knew about infections and maybe they, they knew how to prevent it. It makes you wonder. Well, it's not the end thing It's the capability of what they were able
0: to do brain surgery and a lot of other type surgeries that we still can't, you know, even brain surgery now today is like very risky, really risky. And, you know, yeah, we can relieve the pressure if your brain is bleeding, we can go in, but anytime they go into the brain to like remove a tumor or whatever, usually when the person comes out of it, they're not fully functional like they were before.
4: Oh, you are so correct because I knew a couple of people that actually had some brain surgeries and they they went through the whole shopping list of things that could go wrong, even paralyzation. So you are correct. And imagine doing uh, very complicated brain surgeries uh, hundreds, if not a thousand years ago, is just amazing.
0: Well, maybe they were doing other type of implants like taking a brain out of a chimpanzee and putting it into human. I don't know. Nancy wanted to know. I don't know what type of surgery they did, but all there's evidence with these skulls that they definitely were, you know, tampered with and had surgery done. And some of the surgery...
4: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone
5: seen the bride and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
1: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest
6: registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
4: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Evidently, it was major. Now, could you imagine a crocodile big enough to eat a bull or a cow or a horse? or a dinosaur in one bite, swallowing the dinosaur in one bite. That is really, that is really scary. They found a remains of a massive killer crocodile in Australia that actually had in its stomach the remains of a giant dinosaur.
4: That is one big bite. Could you imagine the pounds of pressure that would have and how big that bite would be? But, wow. I, I, was the tell, this goes to show you, Gary, of the diverse types of big and vicious predators that we had roaming this earth at one time. Yeah, but uh, you think a crocodile,
0: to be yeah. able to, like a
4: raptor or something
0: like that, to swallow it he, this in one bite... Not even chew it, just swallow
4: it and hold. Just
0: boom, that is huge,
4: real huge. I I get a vision. It's maybe swimming or getting a drink at the edge of the lake. Next thing you know, it's just gone. Yeah, bam.
0: I wonder how big the. It doesn't say how big these crocodiles were, but there's an image, you know, naturally an artist's consumption of it. But it was huge, and it shows a rapture, you know, going down its windpipe. That is something I wouldn't want to see. That's another reason. You know, they got killer crocodiles in uh, uh, Australia that are quite huge, especially the saltwater ones. And I Mm -hmm. tell you what, they can just grab a human and take him down in one bite. They don't even have to shake him or do anything. They just swallow him. But one, again, to be able to take a a good-sized dinosaur and just swallow it, That is really, really scary. Well, tonight we got a great show. We got a great guest out of the UK. We're going to be talking about, well, well, giants and a whole bunch of other stuff here right after this. So stay tuned. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio. Check out our website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. If you want to get a hold of me on the website, there's a flash, fast blast. Boy, that's hard to say. You can click on it and you can send me an email. And if you have a guest you want to have on, do that. So anyway, we'll be right back. So stay
3: tuned. Meet the Totally Ninja Raccoons. Three raccoons who become ninjas because they already have the masks. The Totally Ninja Raccoons books are short adventures with quick chapters, specially structured to encourage reluctant readers. Each book has the Totally Ninja Raccoons encountering a cryptid. The monsters are presented in a fun, not so scary way. Hey! said not so scary. Uh, Readers are encouraged to do their own research and make up their own minds about the possible existence of Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, aliens, and more. The Totally Ninja Raccoons are available on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. You can buy autographed copies direct from the author at KevinCoolidge.org. That's KevinCoolidge.org for the Totally Ninja Raccoons. Did you know Bigfoot? Yeah, Bigfoot is very much alive and well. That's what W.J. Sheehan reveals in his great nine-book series Bigfoot Terror in the Woods: Sightings and Encounters. His book covers hundreds of Bigfoot accounts from his global archives. The series is available on Amazon in paperback and e-books. Also, the audiobooks are available on Audible and Amazon. You know, Bigfoot is out there. Also join W.J. Sheehan on his weekly Bigfoot Terror in the Woods podcast, available on most apps. Are you into the paranormal? Then you have found the right place. Night Dreams covers the topics you want to hear. And Gary always has a great guest to take you for a real ride in talk radio. So buckle up. And let's go for that ride
0: with Gary. And I'm ready to take everybody for that ride tonight. James, did you put fuel into the rig tonight to take us for that ride?
4: I did. I did. And we're ready to go. We could get round the world and back tonight. Okay. Hopefully you didn't put diesel on it again. Well, James, who's our guest tonight? Well, our guest tonight is Hugh Newman, and he is an author, explorer, conference organizer, expedition, and tour leader, and he is a regular guest on Ancient Aliens, Unexplained, Forbidden History, uh, Alaska Triangle, just to name a few of the shows that he is a regular on. His new book is titled Giants of Stonehenge and Ancient Britain. Well, Hugh, I just want to welcome you to the show. How
5: are
0: you doing tonight, or
5: in your case, in the morning? Yeah, yeah, very early in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I'm very good. I'm very good. How are you guys doing?
0: Oh, we're doing really good.
5: Well, what got you
0: into these subjects? How old were you when you got interested into, well, giants and all this other stuff that you cover?
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, and also the the, the, the sort of megalithic sort of interest I have as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually, I think from an early age, I think um, I was kind of, I have a strange kind of memory and uh, even at school, I was sort of building Cyclops giants out of paper mache and painting them. Um, And, uh, and I, I subscribed to this magazine when I was in my very early years, in my teenage years as well, called the unexplained magazine, which in England was one of the biggest kind of paranormal kind of UFO, uh, ancient mysteries kind of publication, Pretty much the best one that's ever really been out, apart from 14 times. And so that kind of like, whoa, kind of, I kept fully aware of the str- high strangeness that's all around us. But also the fact that my mum, like, she was kind of like an obsessive traveler and, like, she took me to loads of ancient sites, you know, when I was very young. So I kind of got a taste for it way back then.
0: Well, in the UK, too, you got some interesting, well, Areas of the past. I mean, you know, I was watching a documentary the other day on cable. I can't think the name of it, but where they found remains of Vikings and stuff like that and burial mounds and all kinds of stuff all over the UK.
5: No for sure yeah this is like this is a, a rich even though it's a very small country is very rich in history and prehistory going way way back um i mean there's when you're looking at the megalithic sites which are my kind of fascination there's just if you look at a stone circle there's a thousand stone circles at least in the british isles stonehenge is just one of a thousand if you think about it um and Some of them are so big that they have kind of villages built inside them, like Avebury, and all around these megalithic sites, you have, like what you mentioned, these burial mounds, these these tumuli, Uh, and they're very similar to the ones you find in North America. All over the kind of Midwest, the Ohio Valley, going down the Mississippi, all the way down to Louisiana, you have these kind of, kind of pyramid-type mounds, these earthworks, these burial kind of tumuli, uh, and they were almost identical to the ones over here. And in both cases, through our research, we're finding that in these mounds, in all these different countries, we're finding giant skeletons being reported.
0: Interesting. Now, when you say giant, how big, roughly, are the remains of these giants?
5: Yeah, that's uh, they vary. I mean, it's it's a very odd. I mean, people think we're kind of like a bit crazy getting into this, by the way. Uh, but what we well, look well, aren't at,
0: we? Aren't we? <laughs> oh, we all have to be crazy, you know, in in this type of topic. But yeah, for go sure, ahead.
5: For sure, yeah. Um, so we go and we go with anything over seven feet tall, basically. And you know, in America, we've got the tallest one. The account we found was eighteen feet. Um, in England, we've got twenty-one foot. But generally, they're all within between seven, nine and a half, ten feet. That's the kind of, you know, realistic kind of um, data that we've been collecting. Uh, the other ones, when it gets taller than that, it gets a bit difficult to find, you know, true evidence of that. But we, we have got a few anomalies where it seems like they're valid. Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of these one of these very strange subjects, which which really came from my interest in ancient sites. You know, because I was. Working on studying the, the megalithic sites that you find in New England and New York State, um, mm-hmm. which are which are very interesting. You find these megalithic chambers, you find dolmens, you find standing stones, even a couple of stone circles or stone enclosures, um, and these are thought to be Bronze Age, possibly going way, way back. And they might be connected with the European early earlier kind of migrations that people realize. But in many of these sites, even in New England, these megalithic type sites. We, myself and my co-author Jim Vieira were finding accounts of very tall very powerful skeletons being reported by academic institutions and then we realised this was much wider than just New England this is like all over America I mean we have one, something like 1,400 accounts of over seven foot skeletons 17 of these come out of the smithsonian zone annual reports in the late 1800s that they actually dug up themselves and other universities and academic institutions have done the same um so yeah and we get the same the same things going on over here
0: yeah interesting now james jump in here for a minute remember we had a guest on i think twice and i think it was new england that he had some couple acres of property That he had, you know, the stone circles and all kinds of uh, stuff on the property. You remember the gentleman? I
4: I do. I can't quite remember his name, but, yes, he's well-known. You may know him, but, yeah, I believe he was in either Vermont or New Hampshire that has what they call American Stonehenge up there. Oh, yes. uh, Yeah, American.
5: America's yeah. Stonehenge, fascinating place, yeah, absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, you're talking about that, the, the family who run it are actually called, their surname is Stone, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, that was discovered a couple of hundred years ago, I think. Um, and that's got, you know, and that's a very interesting, very un- anomalous megalithic site it used to be called mystery hill um and it became known as uh, America's america stonehenge anything with stonehenge you know it kind of um makes it more kind of impressive but it's not the same as stonehenge it's not exactly the same design or anything it's just similar in the fact it's built of stone it's megalithic and it's a really interesting place i really do recommend people check that out if they can get it's actually not that far from boston if you go up from boston it's only um just over the in the New Hampshire kind of border area. Now, have you checked it out physically?
4: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky?
1: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I've been there a
5: couple of times, yeah. Yeah. i went yeah. There with Jim. Um, been there with Jim. i been there with uh, Jim a couple of, other, couple of other times, yeah. It looks like it was a
0: village there at one time, if I remember right, too. Because it, he said it, when I interviewed the guy, he said it like it was a workshop and all this other stuff there, on you know, goes back in that same time frame.
5: Yeah I th- I think that's correct yeah it's 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 kind of a vast site it's not just one one or two stones it's like quite a vast kind of complex it goes on for probably a square mile or so so it's not like tiny and it's got quite interesting features astronomical alignments like you get at britain stonehenge um and you know associations i mean there's definitely native american kind of construction and involvement and things like that but you know i'm very open to the idea of diffusionism and like the idea that there's movement between different uh, countries in prehistoric times using boats you know and sailing and things like this um i think people need to realize that there was clearly a lot more of that going on than meets the eye
0: now too at one point didn't the land masses come were a lot closer than what they are now so i mean they could have maybe traveled you know by land pretty much too i mean to, to think about it you know the the mayas and a whole bunch of other civilizations were able to do a lot of things technology wise when you you sit back and you look at our technology and yes. we can't even duplicate what they 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 were they accomplished
5: that's that's true yes like you you look at you look at, you look at, you look at the pyramids in egypt for, i mean that they, they are just Ridiculous when you try and kind of work. I mean, even to make them today is virtually impossible. Um, you know, it would, it, it would, you know, it's, you know, even with modern technology, that they're, they're immense. So when you have got things like that on Earth so that, that old, you kind of have to really question what's going on. And as you mentioned with the Maya. Their sophisticated time science was beyond anything known on Earth um, at that time, you know, possibly ever. You know, the, the development, the sophistication, the understanding, the intelligence behind all that. It was so remarkable. And yet they're looked on, you know, by, you know, people who were going over there in the 1500s as kind of savages. This is how crazy it was when these were actually high level Super intelligent astronomer kind of priests and things like this, so um I think people you know don't see the past as it as they should,
0: well, yeah, well, maybe they were more warrior, they were more cruel to humans to eat in each other, but technology wise just like I mentioned before, you know when he first came on the air, they have found skulls that they had brain surgery and implants done. Not just from the Mayas or from, you know, going into the Egyptians, a whole bunch of different races in different time frames going back in that era era, that they were able to do things we couldn't do just recently.
5: No, I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the skull modification and the trepanning, the elongation of the skulls and things like this, I mean, the, the, the trepanning especially, I mean, that's found in a lot of different places now, going back a very, very long time, you know, potentially 10,000 or more years. And that suggests they worked out and had a kind of um, understanding of brain surgery or you know certainly and you know to relieve pressure on the brain and that can actually that's been known to be very healing on many different you know for different diseases and treatments and so doing it now maybe not you know we've got other ways of dealing with that but but yeah and and you can see in some of the skulls like down in peru that they they place gold plates in the holes they they cut out in the skull and you can clearly see that the bone has grown back over it in, with these skulls that are on display in museums, suggesting that they healed. And the, the grown, as they were alive, the bone grew back and the gold plate maintained its position. So, yeah, they kind of knew what they were doing.
0: Yeah, isn't that kind of, you know, when you have that type of technology and then you get people, ah, giants never existed or this never happened. Think about it. I mean, you know, do we have the... Technology, as you mentioned the, about the pyramids, we still can't duplicate a pyramid—not a full-size one, let alone making even a small one—to even figure out how it was done. Again, I know somebody at Flow Industries up in Kent, Washington, which developed, and they have the patent on high-pressure water cutting to cut, you know, cement, stone, and stuff like that. And when I talked to them a couple years ago, they said they can't even have any accuracy compared. You know what was done with the pyramids so whatever the, the 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 technology these ancient peoples had in some ways were way way uh far superior than what we have
5: well, i agree i mean you, i mean it's, it's when you go and uh, as you see these sites with your own eyes they're so out, outrageous that you kind of just, you know, almost fainted, I think, when I saw the pyramids for the first time. You know, I really couldn't almost cope with it, the magnitude of these constructions. Interestingly, with the pyramids, you have, uh, if you start looking back into the ancient legends of the area and the Arabian legends and things like this, we find stories of that the giants from these ancient lands of the kind of, the bible land somewhere in the bible lands uh, a land called ad that they would act giants came over and actually designed and constructed these pyramids and it was actually like these high level you know surveyor master builder giants coming over from this area and constructing them and like that you know and there's a lot of evidence if you look through egypt um of giant remains and giant reports being found all through the country. I mean, and so, and, and, and this isn't something people really hear about. It's one of the, you know, people love Egypt. They love, you know, the pyramids and the temples. They don't realize there's a backstory which is completely Hidden and, and brushed under the carpet which links with these giants and also you have skull elongation as well Which isn't really talked about very much in the whole Akhenaten lineage um, Okay, you needed, was part of that you know? we and So there's a lot there's a lot more going on there than and this is this is a, what we find in different parts of the world We don't hear this sort of hidden story about what you know, this ain't what very ancient reality
0: Yeah, Hugh, we need to go on break for two minutes. We'll come back. I want to know, how did they modify the skull? And maybe you can explain that to the listeners. Then we can get into, well, more subjects. So we'll be back with Hugh right after this. You're listening to, well, Night Dreams Talk
3: Radio. From author Paul Wallace comes the scars of Eden. Has humanity confused the idea of God with memories of ET contact? Do our world mythologies convey our ancestors' ideas about God, or are they in reality memories of extraterrestrial contact? How do ancient stories of contact, adaption, and abduction relate to people's experiences today? The Scars of Eden will take you around the world to hear firsthand from our ancestors, contemporaries, and renowned researchers. Recent revelations from the Navy, the Pentagon, and French intelligence bring the reader right up to date. The Scars of Eden, available on Amazon. Does the Earth have a pulse? A new book by Dr. Michael Rampino entitled Cataclysms, A New Geology for the 21st Century, explores this question with new cutting-edge research. Rampino and other scientists have found evidence that the Earth actually pulses with cycles of movements of the Earth's plates episodes of mountain building, changes in climate and sea levels, and even impacts of large comets. Periods of comet impacts and massive volcanism caused severe mass extinctions of life, including the disappearance of the dinosaurs 66 million years ago these pulses of geologic activity and astronomical unrest seem to recur on a regular cycle of 27.5 million years. The recognition of these periodic cataclysms has the potential for revolutionizing the geological sciences, as Dr. Rampino describes in his new book, Cataclysms, A New Geology for the 21st Century, available now on Amazon. Night Dreams Talk Radio. After Dark wants to give a big shout-out to all the truckers that listen to our show. Coming to you live and covering all time zones like a glove, here's Gary Anderson on Night Dreams Talk Radio. And we are back with you. You know, again, how
0: did they modify the human skull into these shapes? Because a lot of people, you know, when they see these skulls, you know, pictures and stuff of these skulls, they think they're ETs, which I don't think they were. I think they they were modified. But how? Do you have any idea how they did it?
5: Yeah, there's different uh, ways to do cranial uh, modification. There's in in Peru, there was a lot of what's called cradle boarding. Where they was used literally like pieces of wood and like um, you know with a hinge and have that almost wrapped around the head, pressing on the kind of um, front of the, the the forehead and things like this. You'd have wraps of like linen or hemp fiber around, wrapping around the head and be mod being changed as the as the child grew older. Um, and there were other there were other ones. I mean, some of the Olmec skulls we find in Mexico with the pre Mayan civilization there. They had like cleft skulls so the middle of the top of their head you know like a line going from their forehead to the back of their head was like pushed in and the sides would come out like almost like kind of long horns um so yeah there's all these different kind of and also the back of the heads the Olmecs flattened as well uh all, all using these kind of modification techniques so it was a well well-known phenomenon very strange thing to do to your children um and i never quite kind of understood how they could feel like they could potentially harm their children doing that but some people suggest it actually alters brain chemistry alters the glands it might produce more psychic or telekinetic powers so there may have been a purpose certainly it was a sign of elite status or royalty even um because it's still being used today in certain tribal societies
0: yeah, you're right. I know in Africa there was a couple of tribes that still do it to this day. And I just wonder how the life expectancy having that done, if it shortens the life of that child, it, you know, maybe they didn't make it too far in adulthood because of, you know, brain trauma and all that stuff that could develop. I don't know. In In all these, well... Stone circles, or whatever you want to call them, I know in your country or the UK they're all over the place. And have anybody actually figured out what they, what the purpose was?
5: That's uh, they're multi-purpose. I think I think we have to just sort of make that make that very clear. There's they appear to be, you know, have this kind of almost like Axis Mundi, kind of like a tribal center which was utilized in multiple different ways it wasn't just the astronomy like we see at stonehenge it was also to do with community it was also a memory space uh where tribes would come together and share knowledge they were like uh, almost like universities meeting points different people would come together from different areas and and, and create the sites uh in this kind of entire kind of system across the country with with roads you know even roads leading between them um they were also known to be earth energy accumulators and uh, could ex- expand this earth energy and manipulate it to affect consciousness to increase fertility in the crops this is all been scientifically tested now and also they were like you know knowledge was encoded with the, the different types of measurement systems That you find within the sites, for example, Stonehenge has Egyptian, I believe Sumerian, and other European measurement systems that were were known in prehistoric times, suggesting that's how they kind of left their signature. And also the different types of geometry and orientations, and also the, the relationship between each of the sites. There's like a geodetic, it's called, connection, and geomantic connection.
0: You know, too, some people believe that these sites could at one time maybe be taking you to maybe a parallel universe or some other dimension.
5: It would appear so. I mean, you look at the, the idea of cathedrals and the way they are, uh, are designed to affect you spiritually. Now, this is the same principles at play in the Stone Circle construction. There's very sophisticated sacred geometrical forms within it very advanced mathematics and acoustics. And it's a similar thing. And some people suggest that if you can resonate certain, you know, arrangements of stones with sound and vibration, you can like open portals. You can like trigger all the energy lines. And like, you know, in, in, in ancient traditions, the shamans would fly along these lines. He was called, called shaman's paths where they're, Old, their kind of out of body body would be doing this kind of thing. Their spirit would be doing it rather than their physical body while they're in a trance. Also, these straight lines between the sites, these ley lines, were also known as spirit roads. So they may have been used by the dead, or it may have been a way where the portal opened to the world of the dead, the other world, and you can actually communicate with your ancestors. This this is actually one of the i Strong ideas. Even archaeologists say not not the not the kind of the fact they're ley lines and going into them, but the fact that they were ancestral sites. Uh, and so, yeah, there's there's uh, very very interesting these sites.
0: Now, any of these sites, has anything been strange recorded happening in any of these sites that you're
5: aware of? Yeah, there's there's often reports of strange lights. There's uh, very odd acoustics. There's been actual UFO sightings and things like this in one or two places. There's strange phenomena can often occur where you get like this sort of like electrical kind of lightning occurring around the stones as people get electric shocks off them. Um, People see apparitions. This is all going back over a few hundred years of reports. Um, So, yeah, they're they're very odd sites. I believe they're energetic sites to manipulate the Earth energies and also the cosmic energy.
0: Very interesting and stuff like that. Has anybody gone vanishing uh, near any of those sites? I mean, just gone there and just, well, they were history. They're gone. No trace of
5: them. There, there were a few reports, but I, I haven't found anything that's, you know, Confirmed as such, but there was this. I, I keep hearing this story. It's almost like it become a folk story in in the modern Earth mysteries movement. Where there's this story at Stonehenge, for instance, where they 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 say that there was some people camping in the stones, and all this strange light and this lightning occurred, and the tents remained, but the people vanished. and And this is being I've heard this from like twenty different people, I think now, but never really found any kind of evidence (laughs) to back it up but you know who knows i mean they could they could literally they might be portals It might be their primary purpose i mean look look at the movie stargate and the tv show and all that you never know they could be these things indeed
0: well maybe it could be a stargate out to the universe to another like i mentioned parallel universe or other you know planets out there who knows
5: Yeah, it could be weird. It could be really weird, that's for sure.
0: You know, when you investigated any of those, did you get any weird feelings around
5: there, being at any of these? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, all these sites are very powerful sites. You you don't want to mess with them. They're they're like things that have been gone on there as well. There's like a residue, like an energetic residue of that. So you have to kind of, you know, show the utmost respect. Um, I've had some pretty... pretty dark experiences actually at some places where you know you could just feel it's just wrong to be there there's like this tree snapped in half our sight as soon as we turned up to it once and almost landed on these dolmens um we've had um you know strange voices and kind of uh whistling and things like this that you can't explain um so yeah they, they are odd odd places
0: yeah, have you ever been scared in at any of these locations where you figure, "Hey, I'm not going to be here. I'm taking off." Yes,
5: definitely. <laughs> there's uh, actually I'm I'm trying to avoid talking about it because it's it's quite it's quite scary. There's a there's a site my partner and JJ Ainsworth and I we visited it called Saturnia in Italy, and I've been there like 10 or 11 years ago, visited it once, and we went there again a couple of years ago. And about about half a mile before we arrived at the site, driving there, I sensed my solar plexus. Ooh, okay, this is something. Something's off. Okay, I can feel it. I just knew it. I could, you know, I could just feel it like half a mile away. And we pulled up to the site, got all our cameras out of the car, and you know, my dowsing rods and things like that. And we were just. Closing down the trunk of the car, we looked over to the site and this giant tree cracked in half and fell over on this dolmen, like I just mentioned. And we were like, Oof, okay, this is, you know, so um, we went in anyway and uh and that didn't that didn't end very well and um, where we were ended up like literally screaming and running out of there because there was stuff going on in there which we couldn't explain well what type um, I, I got to ask you because now you got my curiosity up you yeah, what was going on in that place? you could just feel it it was insane i mean it's not i mean i'm quite kind of grounded you know i'm quite kind of solid i don't get swayed by things too easily. And so when there is something going on like that, it must be quite strong because otherwise I wouldn't feel anything. And so, you know, you feel like this whole tingling all over your body, this pressure coming into you, just a sense of presence. Which is inexplicable and profound, like there's literally something there around you. Um, and JJ got it as well, and she and she and she saw things kind of almost like moving like kind of you know in the trees. it's like this weird kind of feeling and, and it, it was odd, and we, we ended up running and driving away fast. Um, so we you know we were quite surprised.
0: Did you ever go back or you figured, I'm not going back to that place?
5: We'll probably go back. Yeah, it's a cool site, so we want to want to check it out. We'll go there, like uh, you know, maybe with a bunch of other people.
0: <laughs> now, do you take any equipment with you? You know, to check for EMS or any type of you know uh, spikes of electrical or frequencies or anything.
5: Sometimes, yeah, we I have done. I've got a, I've got a tri field magnetometer. I've got a few apps which are very profoundly good actually on on my kind of phone my smartphone um and i use i've been trained to dowse like use dowsing rods to detect things like that but not not so much i mean i've done it a lot of sites in the past and you, you kind of i don't do it so much now i'm, I'm more um i kind of you know you, you can you can really feel things at sites if you spend time if you spend enough time aren't too dis- rushed aren't too distracted Um, you don't need tools if you just want to kind of have this, one of these kind of strange experiences. Um, But yeah, you know, I have picked up a few bit pieces here and there. There's been a lot of work done by one researcher I should mention is John Burke and and also Kaj Halberg who wrote the book seed of knowledge stone of plenty. And they were, they were scientists and they, they were using high level equipment, super expensive equipment at many sites, picking up all these magnetic and electrical charge anomalies um realizing that these stones were manipulating these natural telluric currents and, and natural earth energies and often light phenomena like balls of light strange light phenomena is linked with this so these were a lot of these sites are built on fault zones or where there's a lot of underground water so you get build up of electric charges it passes through the chalk chalk lands um and so, yeah, there has been work done on it, and a lot of work. So, um, and I think you know, p- you know, people, if, if you got if you got a site that's not too busy, you can kind of spend time doing that.
0: Interesting. How about vandals and vandalism and stuff in these locations? Have they? Have you guys had a major problem with that?
5: Yeah, you do get that occasionally. You get kind of morons going to sites and you know, you know, desecrating them and things like that. But it's rare, and many of the sites are now protected. And there's always people kind of at them to make sure it doesn't happen as well.
0: Now, going back to, you know, in the UK, these burial mounds, you know, that this documentary in this one case, they found, well, besides the remains of, you know, of somebody of importance, they found a lot of gold, a lot of gold and uh, other precious, you know, items. I mean, is that quite common? <laughs>
5: in the stonehenge area uh, yeah i think all over the the country really you do get that but in the stonehenge area the, uh, one of the fun okay round two name something that's not boring
3: a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire
2: huh
1: Ah, oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
5: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mainest examples is the Bush Barrow Lozenge and uh, the associated grave goods that were found just next to Stonehenge in a Bronze Age burial mound. And that's just tip of the iceberg because you do find this remarkably sophisticated kind of um, technology really, the, the creation of these kind of things as well, and also it proves there was long distance travel, because a lot of these different materials came from many different countries, not just in the Stonehenge or the British area
0: Interesting, how about the Vikings, is it quite uh, common to find Viking remains in the UK?
5: Um, I, I don't know really I'm, Vikings isn't really my thing, but I, I, I'm sure, I mean I know there's been reports of quite a few so I mean a couple of our accounts in our book on the British Giants actually we do uh, there are uh, possibilities that these were Vikings you know we have Ivor the Boneless for instance who was a well known kind of Viking king warrior um, I forget what uh, what century he was from exactly but he was supposedly found in these burials and ruins up at um, up in the mid midlands going into the north um and so and i think it i think it was a site called repton yeah and it was called the repton giant and they found this something like nine and nine or so foot skeleton there which they initially thought was either the boneless like this this viking kind of king warrior he's quite famous one of the first people to come over to britain apparently but the, you know and in, in tradition he was thought of as a giant you see so whether this was the same one, we don't know, because it appears that the one found there was actually older. It was like Bronze Age, possibly or Iron Age. So yeah, we, there are Vikings, and, and you know, and we, we've come across a few accounts uh, relating to the giants.
0: Well, that's too. You know, they found giant remains all over the world. You know, everything from the, the Dakotas and, and other state, you know, states in the United States you know to you know the middle east to africa and stuff like that which does tell me that there was a race of giants and i'm just wondering how has anybody been able to decipher you know when they were walking the earth
5: yeah i mean that's something we've we've been looking into that in a few different areas of the world specifically britain and america but also we've done research in mexico egypt and a few other places and it's it's a reality people i think people are coming around to this reality it's not going to be talked about on tv much it's not going to be talked about on you know in history books it's one of these subjects which is really on the fringe but there's a a, a definite reality to it, almost everywhere, you could, every country on the planet, where there are remains of giants being found. Why isn't this discussed? Why isn't this talked about? Why isn't this researched academically? This this really needs it, because you know in America we've got fifteen hundred accounts, in England, in Britain, and the British Isles, including Ireland, we've got two hundred and fifty accounts, and that's just the ones we've found. They're the ones, only the ones that have actually been reported. And in other countries, it just gets it expands. I mean, North America is almost like you know, really the homeland of the giants. I mean, people may not realize this. Um, it's it is incredible the amount of accounts, the amount of skeletons are supposedly unearthed, many of them witnessed by very well-known people, very, uh, like, doctors and surgeons and members of parliament and things like this. This is, like, this is not people making, it's not entirely, you know, there's some, there's a, there's a reality to this that people need to kind of look at.
0: Well, you know, here in our country, you know, what what's really interesting is when they find the skeletal remains of giants, you know, they get picked up by, well, I'm not going to say where, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the trace of it is like non-existent.
5: Yes, the, the, <laughs> that is one of the problems we, we have come across, especially in North America. Yeah, there's a certain institution, um, you know, based uh, on the East Coast. Right. Don't <laughs> <without> have <laughs> to mention any names. Um, but we do a whole chapter about them in our previous book, our book, Giants on Record, because – and that is clearly these were not only digging up the giants themselves, they were actually collecting them of, of just individuals and farmers that were finding them on their land and going around the whole country with this very dedicated team to collect them. And so, and then when these families or these farmers would con- contact this institution, they would deny they ever had them you know, and they ever collected them. And so it's like, what the hell? And so there was a, a, a very profound cover-up going on.
0: It still is, and that—that's what's interesting too. I mean, you know, there is pictures. I'm sure there's a lot of fake pictures out there, but there's some real pictures out there, real documentation. You know, where people, you know, have seen them, credible people, you know, yes. and they've they un, you know unearth these skeletons and and stuff like that. And then, you know, like I said, this one, <clears throat> they pick them up. I don't know. Maybe it goes in their basement, and, and you know, goes into that special room in the warehouse.
5: That's that's. It, it would be something like. I, I mean, I bet there's people who've got got these giant skeletons in their kind of basements, and they're not telling anyone. They're scared to announce it. I, I, if anyone's listening, and anyone has got a giant skeleton or a giant skull, get in touch with me, please.
0: I'd well, like to see it. Well, Hugh, how can they get a hold of you? By the way.
5: They can can contact me through the megalithomania.co.uk website um, and also I'm on social media and they can find Hugh Newman or megalithomania.
0: Interesting. And it just makes me wonder why would they deny these things happen? You know, I I have a regular guest on my show, uh, Mary Joyce, and she's been editors of various magazines, newspapers, very credible she runs a website, it's called com. that's com. and she, you know, things like, you know, well, Bigfoot, UFOs, and giants, and she has a huge database on her website, but, you know, in even in North Carolina, back a few years ago, they were building a community college, and uh, they all saw it. A lot of people saw these skeletons, yeah. but these were not huge skeletons these were small skeletons human human ones that were like six inches long in length and that same agency or that same you know came got them okay they actually the community college wanted them for themselves you know to put them on display Uh uh-uh they came and they were taken away and then you know when they inquired and she did a lot of checking she knew some people she was told well that never existed
5: Mm. yeah it's the same story we kind of find with the giants and the little people you know it's just it just is very annoying but i mean we, we i think like she sounds like she's got a huge amount of data there a lot of uh, like, like we have as well and i think it's just a case of like building the database and just you know, keep presenting this and hopefully it will break through and people will have another look at our our human history um, and realize it's much more complicated than than what we're told.
0: Why would you think they would do this? Why would they deny that giants existed? And they seem, I will say this to you, I will say this, that the people who have claimed that they found them on their property, they did everything they could to discredit those people. Now, go ahead
5: no, that's true, yes, that's right they, they they have done that they've kind of they, they've gone to them kind of lengths um It's like there's uh, of this institution we're talking about I'm sure most people know who this is there was a certain gentleman who became like the director of the institution, um, I think in nineteen ten uh, and he was there for about twenty or so years, and he even though he was involved in finding giant skulls and skeletons and actually witnessed them himself. He later put this big news thing out, that's, the headline was Giants Are No More, I think it was in like 1930 or so, and claimed that it was all just a series of mistakes, all the Smithsonian Giants that they'd already reported on in their previous scientific reports were wrong, you know, and every account, that oh, 1,500, none of it's real, it's just mismeasurements, mistakes, there are no Giants. And that was the end of it. And and that's what came out. And so it was clearly just a a scheme, you know, that was um, linked, you know, between this institution and the media to put out. And that was like disinformation, you know, much like we get with the mainstream media today that they claim everyone else is putting out disinformation. But actually, they are.
0: Oh, they are. How can you sit there and you unearth a skeleton that's like 12 feet, 16 feet tall? You know, let's be honest with it. There is some diseases out there where people can grow up to 10, 12 feet tall, but their life expectancy, you know, they usually perish before they even become 18 to 20 years old because their body breaks down. Their joints can't handle it. Their, you know, internal organs can't handle it. So they have a very short life, but it's very few people in the world are born with that. But the amount of giants they have found in different areas like that, North Dakota and, and a lot of places in our country. I can't believe that these were people that had genetic, you know, disease type problems and, and they grew to be a giant. I just don't buy it. And some of these, they they come to a conclusion. I don't know in the UK, red hair is tied into it.
5: Yeah, very much so. We get a lot of accounts of red hair giants, not just in Britain, but North America as well. And it's just it's just one of these remarkable things. I mean, people, you know, like you said, people think that pituitary gigantism is the thing that kind of Robert Wadlow had and so forth, where he became very tall, but he died very early and he suffered physically. But, but the, the skeletons that are described and photographed and documented in, in the historical record, most of them don't have that. I mean, like less than half a percent, half of 1%, only very just a handful the rest of them are natural humans oh i've got an alarm going off okay. <laughs> let oh, me just ho- I, I better check that quickly i'm yeah, sorry go ahead.
0: go ahead there we go but well, hopefully that wasn't his battery backup saying hey your power is out James you, you you we talked about giants before you know and oh, yeah, yeah this it it, it's interesting especially like in, you know there was one case in North Dakota where they unearthed a giant that actually had the remains of a sword with it and yeah. and again this giant was like 12
4: 13 14 feet in length so that's huge Uh, Yeah, it is. I remember that. And, you know, there was that other story, uh, what, two, three, four years ago about the American soldiers in Afghanistan that that supposedly had confronted one in a cave. Now, I don't know how true that story is, but boy, it's it's still got legs. I just seen another story about it today.
0: Yeah, it does. Now I don't know if that is myth or what. Hopefully, we didn't lose our guests, you know. In the I'm, UK, I'm still here. I'm okay. still here. <laughs> okay, I was worried because you know when I hear that sound, it's usually one of my battery backups that go telling me, "Hey, you got a power surge or you're out without power."
5: Yeah, I don't know what set it off. I mean, we have we have actually got a giant storm coming in tonight, um, which has been all over the kind of media. So there's going to be like eighty. 80 mile an hour winds <laughs> so maybe it shook the house or something who knows
0: yeah well you know we we need to go on break this break is about three and a half minutes long we'll be back with you and when we come back what do you want to talk
5: about yeah well we can get we can get into like a bit more of the giants we can talk about the new discoveries coming out of southeast turkey cycle like Karahan tepe and Gebekli tepe and uh, i'm sure we can get into a few other things it's
0: going to be interesting. So get you guys a cup of tea, cup of coffee, or one of those. Get yourself that fire log in the fire. Get an easy chair. Prop up your legs because we got another half an hour with you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. So
3: let's have some fun here tonight. Are you into UFOs? The real stuff? selected by extraterrestrials volume three my spoken words william mills tompkins volume three covers his amazing story what he saw in the battle of la william was a special assistant to admiral rico bada to find out all about the nazi connection to ets during world war ii and connection to antarctica this is a must read selected by extraterrestrials volume three available on amazon in january edited and compiled by dr bob wood are you into UFOs? The real stuff? Selected by Extraterrestrials Volume 3, My Spoken Words, William Mills Tompkins. Volume 3 covers his amazing story, what he saw in the Battle of L.A. William was a special assistant to Admiral Rico Bada to find out all about the Nazi connection to E.T.s during World War II and connection to Antarctica. This is a must-read. Selected by Extraterrestrials Volume 3. Available on Amazon in January. Edited and compiled by Dr. Bob Wood.
6: Hi, this is Valvon Torn of Metatron Power & Light. You're listening to Gary Anderson and Night Dreams Talk Radio.
2: People, people talking I don't hear a thing they are saying All I can hear The silence of my blindness I get the feeling Of being lost sometimes You may say I'm Crazy dreamer Or illusion Show me the way Show me the way My reason for life. Be my star on the way to the sky. Be my star on the way to the sky. Be my star on the way to the sky. Be my star on the way to the sky. Be my star on the way to the sky. Be my star on the way to the sky. People Talking, talking I don't hear a thing They are saying All I can hear The silence of my blinded. Stop. To my husband,
6: Gary Anderson, on Night Dreams Talk Radio.
3: Digital Broadcasting Radio, like it should be. The best in paranormal talk radio with your host, Gary Anderson. Well, again, a big shout out to, well,
0: Thomas out there who does our Saturday show and to Bob Clark who does our uh, Sunday show. Uh, to Ron out there, to, well, to Barb, and to Graham out there from Ireland. He's listening. There's a lot of people on chat, I just want to say. And Rory. I don't want to forget Rory. And somebody mentioned they didn't like the last song. Hey, we all have different tastes. I like the Bee Gees. Do you? Anyway, we're back, you. And uh, let's get a little bit more about, well, Giants. And then we can go any way you want to go.
5: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on talking about this. It's very, very, very uh, interesting subject when you start looking into it. I mean, uh, our latest research is really on Britain. I mean, this is quite compelling for me because it's my homeland. And even at Stonehenge, even in the area around Stonehenge, we have nine foot four inch skeleton was discovered in 1719, a few miles south near Salisbury, the nearest town in 1508. Sir Thomas Eliot, who was knighted, he was a member of parliament for Cambridge, scholar, writer. He witnessed a 14 foot, 10 inch skeleton at a place called Ivy Church Priory, as did many other friends of his who were scholars like john leland and others at the time and so this is like you know 500 you know 600 years ago it's quite remarkable that this was recorded and reported on by not just him but many other people preceding him and so there's clearly you know a history of this and this relationship with Stonehenge is interesting because the t- title, the original name of Stonehenge was called The Giant's Dance. It wasn't called Stonehenge, it was called The Giant's Dance. It had a giant connotation. The earliest depiction in any type of painting or illustration of stonehenge so there's a giant with merlin and king ambrosius the giants lifting one of the lintels into place he's like 16 feet tall in the image and so you have all this going on um so there's there's a lot more to it than that there's all these legends and stories that were dug out of the kind of um of the archives and we've got quite a remarkable story here in ancient britain
0: Oh, you do? Now, i got to ask you a question. Like, in our country, when they do find the remains of giants, they get lost after they're picked up. And uh, you did mention the place, too, (laughs) just before we went on break. I I don't want to mention them because I, I just really don't think that great of a lot of things that goes on with them. But what happens in the U.K. when they find these remains? I mean, do they get lost, too?
5: There's a there's a lot of that yeah a lot of a lot of stuff isn't available to see anymore but luckily we've got the reports we know where many were on display um, I've seen one skeleton up in uh, Yorkshire. Uh, of a seven foot skeleton. There's other bones that were there were literally they put these bones and skulls up in pubs and churches and shop windows as like curiosities. <laughs> so there's we, you know it's quite amazing. And the same in North America really as well. There's a lot of that going on. And so it was like a, you know like an anomaly really. But people had this understanding. But the mythological kind of stories in Britain go so far back. They go back at least five thousand years. this has now been proven? Uh, relating to these giants so that it was in the consciousness it was in the minds of people even the creation myths and the founding stories of britain are related to giants as well it, and we do what we do you know we go into this in great detail and it's it's just stunning when you start uncovering all these stories and legends and then you go to the sites like where these legends are talking about like stonehenge and st michael's mount and then you find actual giant skeletons have been on earth at these exact sites where the legends of giants are um and it just gets deeper and deeper as you go further down the rabbit hole and with britain there's such an ancient kind of history here there's such a mythology there's such, and there's this giant kind of law embedded into the landscape. Uh, and it was part of, you know, really it was part of like kind of traditional teachings to include all this originally. It was only like a hundred years ago that, um, The kind of traditional stories and foundation myths and legends were were pushed out of the whole kind of curriculum in schools and colleges and things like this. So it's a real pity. So, you know, we're we're trying to fill that gap. We're trying to bring back this kind of mythological kind of background um, and prehistory that Britain really has.
0: Yeah, that is unique. Also, Graham out there in chat, he's in Ireland. You can answer on chat, but Grandma, uh, how about in your country, in Ireland? That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DW Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Earth the giants there too. If so, go ahead and, and let the people know on chat and let me know. And, and that's what's interesting. And you know, what's so unique where you live at, uh, Hugh is, you know, it's rich in history, not just in the paranormal or giants or the mystical. You also have, you know, like the Roman empire was there at one point. they, I was just reading an article maybe less than a year ago they unearthed these tile roads in the u k that were built by the romans i mean you're you're living in a place compared to where i'm at is so unique it's so rich in all this type of stuff
5: no for sure yeah no it's, it's, I feel blessed to be here of course and um yeah there's there's a there's a very ancient Prehistory, but there's you must admit that there is in North America now. There's new evidence coming out that there's an extremely ancient, advanced culture that has kind of been hidden, you know, going back to around Clovis' time and even before that. So, we're talking 13, 14,000 years ago. Um, and even older than that, as well, human remains and evidence of, you know, um, sort of certain types of technology have been unearthed. And so, they're finding it everywhere. And the paradigms of history are kind of being falling down basically. And this is causing a lot of controversy as the data emerges, um, even in the scientific realm. Um, and like, it's the same with the giants as well. You know, we're talking like they're not talking about the giants. They're not talking about the real deep prehistory. And we're not really discussing what's under the oceans and we're finding it hard to admit when sites like Gebekli Tepe in southeast Turkey get discovered, which are nearly 12,000 years old, and show signs of advanced technology. These are like, like multiple stone circles with these 3D relief carvings on in abstract artistic form. Nearly 12,000 years old. And these are exactly in the area where you have these legends of like the watchers and the Nephilim giants of... The biblical and tradition in the book of Enoch and, and so forth so you know there's a, there's, there's, there's so much so rich everywhere can be this rich if you dig deep enough and you kind of push through you know what academia and the history books are kind of you know showing us what they think it is
0: well you know is there some type of time frame worldwide where something reset civilization where these giants died off I mean, it's kind of weird if you you know like the the remains they found here in North America versus what you find in the UK or you find in the Middle East or wherever. It seems like you know it it goes to a certain level and what happened to them?
5: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good point actually. Yeah, I mean, what we found generally is that it's, we're finding it really hard to date anything because you know literally we find skeletons embedded in rock. So they could be millions of years old, you know, the eight feet tall and things like this or hundreds of thousands and things like this. We have other ones which are kind of were witnessed by explorers in the 16, 17, 18 and 1900s in North America and down in Patagonia. Um, and so, you know, we, we we cover all this as well. And so. We, the, it's really hard to gauge you know you have to kind of gauge it by kind of what data is available what kind of uh measurements and dating has been done what sites they were found at what layers they were found in and so forth but i think it's the it, thing is varied i mean i think we're talking about this is very very ancient to very recent
0: well you know another thing like this well, I, again, I'm not going to say who, but it seems like when they recover the remains of the giants and stuff, they're doing it to h- try to hide the not just the evidence, but when and what maybe caused them to perish. You know, it makes you wonder why would any organization that's part of a government, for example, would do this? Why are they, would they deny that information? Is it going to change how we figured how we all originated? Is it going to change that, you know, maybe this planet has been rebooted several times, and different civilizations have come up to a certain level, and then they perished?
5: Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, I think that's that's it. I think there's um, good evidence for that as well. I mean, there's really strong evidence of a major cataclysm now, the Younger Dryas Impact event, going back twelve to 14,000 years. I think that's... Coming so strong there's so much evidence for that and you know what was around just before that in tradition Atlantis was around Lemuria you have all these really strong ancient legends of of all these kind of places and so you know there's been more books written about Atlantis than any other subject on the planet I think and so there's you have to kind of take this into consideration I think when you're finding sites as I mentioned like Gobekli Tepe um, down in the Bible lands then you've got like a smoking gun saying actually there was advanced civilizations back then we now have the exact proof and it's here and we can go and see it and look at it for ourselves um and there's a whole area down there now which is being excavated which is going to change the way we see everything
0: well you know maybe we grew up when i grew up i i came from a mennonite background catholic background and uh, another type of background, all rolled into my family. My my great grandmother's father, who brought the uh, Mennonites into the United States, and they settled in the Dakotas. They had their own theories about things and stuff like that. They believed that giants did exist because they. My I remember when I was a, I remember when I was a young kid, like seven or eight years old, and my grandmother, was telling me stories when she was a young kid in the farmlands of north dakota Mm. they would unturn these giants you know the skeletons of big giants they looked at them and you know everybody gathered and they did some praying she said then they covered them up because you know but again she was saying that these were giants
5: yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, there's the the, the, the legends are so strong. I mean, the, the the stories are remembered, and before you know, written language, there was like these oral traditions. There was. Um, a memory technique of passing down real stories from multiple generations and I think many of the stories thankfully have been recorded by eventually when people were, were writing and there was, there was literacy everywhere um, but much of it hasn't been saved much of it has been forgotten it's been lost some of it's been deliberately burnt in great fires by Christian kind of sadists going over and like kind of you know destroying the mayan civilizations and things like this and so a lot has gone missing but i think we have to kind of take these stories seriously it's one of the things we kind of we do we kind of look at legends we look at mythology especially if we find repeating patterns in different parts of the country or different parts of the world um and you realize there must be something in this
0: well, maybe, I hate to say it, maybe the governments realize, again, this planet has been rebooted once or twice. And maybe the connection of the pyramids and all this, you know, the Mayas and the Incas and all this stuff. I don't know. Maybe this whole planet, if you at one time, was, well, colonized by ETs. Because I tell you, we just don't have, I, I can't believe primitive man. Have the technology, you know, if we talked about the pyramids, look at the Finks. The Finks is way older than the pyramids. And it's been altered, and for years they thought the wear marks and the the, the Finks was, you know, a certain age. Then, you know, from reading what I've read in science journals in the last couple of years, they figured it was under an ocean for a long, long period of time at one point. It tells me that this planet had to be rebooted, and maybe these different civilizations of Giants and little people—did it naturally exist? But it then it kind of throws my in my mind, Adam and Eve, what I was taught when I went to to Sunday school as a child. It it, it kind of yeah. makes me wonder. Well,
5: who do I believe anymore? No, I, I, t- I totally yeah, I totally understand. I mean, um, there's there's such a depth uh, to prehistory now, and I think you know, we're not just, it's not just places like a Beckley now. Now we've, we've got like the, you know, the work of Greg Little and Andrew Collins. They've been looking into the Denisovans of Siberia and they were around 40,000 to 200,000 years ago. And they were very advanced. They were kind of creating this amazing jewelry and had this kind of shamanic practice and things like this. So we're talking much deeper time frames than people realize. And this is all now starting to come out. We've also got Kazem Cave in Israel, another thing that Andrew Collins has been researching. Well, this is 400,000 years old. Um, and this is advanced humans back then. And so we're really looking at a, a kind of altering of the timelines now, I think, all the sites like stonehenge and other places even the pyramids might be much older that there's you know a few thousand possibly more older than than they are you know recognized as and if that's the case and i, I think since like like i say gobekli tepe is, and carahan tepe have been discovered uh, only in recent years then Until more sites of that kind of age, go back 12,000 or so years, are uncovered, we're not going to get the full picture, but more have been uncovered. There's been data now, even at Stonehenge, for instance, there's um, these giant pine postholes which had remnants, only a small remnant of them were left there. These have been carbon dated, just over 10,000 years old. And so the origins of Stonehenge go back, six thousand years further than people realise. And so, you know, you have things like this going on. Um and so there's a lot more to this. And I think, you know, as there's now we've got the kind of the site that's changing everything, this Gebekli Tepe site, then that's gonna now open up the floodgates of redating everything and double checking everything because actually you know, not only are they going to keep digging and find more under the ground, what's above the ground could be much older.
0: Oh, you're so right. And I again, they just found here, I was reading a couple of weeks ago, and I can't tell you the date, but they found another remains of humans, uh, the, the you know, the skeleton remains that puts, or at least the skull, it puts it back way farther than they ever thought. So it, it makes you think about you know the prehistoric man, but maybe there was man before the prehistoric man.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think you're talking about maybe the dragon man skull right. that was found in right. China. Yeah. yeah, this is uh, this is a really interesting discovery. This is, I think, I think it was originally discovered, I think, in the 1800s, but it was only came to light like few, like literally a few months ago or a year ago or so less, and. This is, this is actually a giant skull as well. This is actually a very, very large skull. It's profoundly large. And this is something like, what is it, 114,000 years old? Um, and this could be a Denisovan skull. These are the, the, the kind of group of people we mentioned a little while ago who were also of giant size from the fragments of bones and teeth they found already. And so, we you know... The, it being now, but it's all out there now. This is like the Denisovans, the Dragon Man Skull, these extremely ancient races of humans, these branches of humans that have been kind of forgotten about until recently are possibly giants. There's even Denisovan DNA found in the North American giants because of the coming across the kind of that the, from the other side of the, of the world, you know, through the so-called Bering Strait and things like this going back, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And so the giant genes have made their way from that distant epoch into the giants of North America that we've written about previously.
0: Well, you know, too, is is some of my, well, one of my family members uh, was married into two different American native tribes. And, you know, in getting to know, like, the medicine woman on one of them, because we talked about Bigfoot and other things, she was talking about going back hundreds of years ago, like 200 years ago of giants. Mm. You know, so again, so it tells me that these giants did walk the earth and just, you know, how could all these different cultures have all these, you know, stories about giants. I don't care if, again, if it's the middle East or Africa or Nova Scotia, I mean, you know, it, it, it's these reports and a lot of it was before internet, before all this stuff, people were finding it. You know, if you go back into the newspaper archives in the 20s and 30s, you know, they found these remains of skeletons. So it, it tells me that these people walk the earth, but I want to know more. I want to know where they came from and how long they were and how far advanced they were.
5: Yeah, for sure. No, it's a a strangely compelling story when you start looking into it, because we're finding this kind of lost chapter of human history. And so, you know, the clues are there, you know, the advanced megalithic building techniques may have been derived from these giants as such traditions That's what they say. That's what the legends say. Um, in North America, we have um, Native American scholars and activists and writers like Vine Deloria Jr., um, who wrote a lot about this in Red Earth, White Lies and various other books. And he collected all the stories of the kind of um, you know, Native American elders. Of various different areas all, all across North America and many of these stories talked about these giants, even going back to the time of the younger Dryas, you know, we're talking about twelve, fourteen thousand 14,000 years and so, and they are known uh, to relay their stories through multiple generations in incredible detail without any mistakes and stories and histories um, and other techniques are passed down with this phenomenal memory technique that they had, so and they're all matter of fact talking about giants. <laughs> it just it's just there. I mean, we collect we used many of Vine Deloria's accounts and research that he collected in our previous book, Giants on Record. But the same the same can be said here as well in, in Britain. We you know where we have the same kind of ancient traditions and legends and myths actually encode real knowledge. You know, and it echoes in what's being discovered under the ground.
0: It does. Again, I'm going to stress, you live in such a unique place, honestly. I mean, you got everything from the Vikings, you know, to the Romans, to, you know, all, you know, giants. I got to ask you one question, too, before I ask you, how can people find your books and your website? Is there any reports of Bigfoot in your country? (laughs)
5: <laughs> there is there is funnily enough i've got this kind of like side kind of interest in the Bigfoot slash squat thing you know i don't really kind of talk about it much but i've kind of got this back of my mind it's like yeah there's something in this because we have in britain we have these legends we have two really strong ones one's at this I forget the name of it, uh, this mountain, this famous mountain in Scotland. And there's another one in the hills of Wales where this hairy big man is said to be kind of roaming and has been for like 100 years or so. And these are kind of talked about quite a bit. And there's been some sightings as well. And so, yeah, so that's one of the things that, we you know, we question like, well, you know, these skeletons we're finding, are are they actually like bigfoot?
0: That's the other thing could, that some of these and sculpt, they have found, could they have Bigfoot? And maybe that's why they're being hid away from the population and not being able to get any information on it. Because, you know, I think what it would change our religion, it would change, like I said, our society, the way we think. If either they prove that Bigfoot or giants and all this other stuff actually existed, well, Hugh, uh, how can they find your books, If you, what books do you have out, and again, your website, and how can they find you?
5: Yeah, sure, thanks, yeah, no, um, they, they can Google Hugh Newman, or they can uh, look at megalithomania.co.uk, there's yeah well the, you know i must mention the new book i guess the um with, with my co-author jim vieira we wrote the giants of stonehenge in ancient britain that's now out um that's out available on the megalithomania website or amazon everywhere our previous one that i did with jim anyway was back in 2015 i think where it's called giants on record where we look into the american giants but i've got a few other books I've written like uh, so these small wooden books one of them's on stone circles one on earth grids I've contributed to a book called geomancy and, and also megalith studies in stone again most of these uh, all of these are on amazon uh, on the megalithomania.co.uk website and uh, and yeah and uh, and also at uh, that they're available at our conference that we put on in Glastonbury um, in May every year, where we get all these different speakers on megalithic arts and sciences together. Um, and if and if people are interested, they actually want to come over to England. We, we do like tours around England, all these sites, Stonehenge and things like this, and, and in other parts of the world.
0: Interesting. Now, do you have a phone number for the tours that you can give out?
5: We don't have we don't have a phone number per se, but people can find the information on megalithomania.co.uk, and also a lot of the information is on our YouTube channel, which is megalithomania UK. Uh, we have something like 900 videos up there which (laughs) which people can check out because we we run (laughs) conferences we film them all as well um we've got a real kind of network here kind of real kind of um almost like a movement and we we, we sort of focus on the megalithic mysteries
0: well interesting we can we need to get you back on in a couple more months to have part two to
5: this you know that for sure no but i'd be delighted
0: okay my friend now i'm going to let you go
5: to sleep okay Thank you. Okay, <laughs> my you so friend. Much. Thank you for being on tonight. That's been a, it's been a pleasure. It's been a really interesting conversation. Thanks so much.
0: You take care. Well, hey, James, who's our guest tomorrow? What are we going to be talking about?
4: Well, our guest tomorrow is Andy Thomas. Now, he's known for glo- global cover-ups and a lot of political connections along with that. So that should be an interesting show.
0: Yeah, you must be having a storm or something because your Internet's breaking up off and on again. Uh, yeah, In Ohio, is there any sight, uh, well, stories of remains of Bigfoot or uh, not Bigfoot so much, giant bones?
4: Yes. A matter of fact, Shokton, Ohio, um, it's not very far uh, away from Cambridge and Canton. But they've had, uh, I think it was in 1800s, they found a whole bunch of giants. And uh, that's down, That was on record. Now, whatever happened to the bones, or if they still have them on display, I don't know. But that is that was on record.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? It seems like this one government-funded organization comes and collects all this stuff, and then it doesn't exist. They must have this big warehouse 13 or something where they put all these bones in and all these things that doesn't exist. Where they have it, where it does exist, I don't know. Well, everybody, again, tell your friends to, you know, on YouTube, uh, share us. Tell us, tell your friends they can listen to us on virtually any app. Or check out our website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. You can go onto the website. There's a fast blast. There, I said it right. You can just click on that little envelope and you can send me an email. Or you can just, Gary at uh, NightDreamsTalkRadio at gmail.com. That's NightDreamsTalkRadio at gmail.com. You can just send me a message or whatever. If you know somebody would make a great guess, well, get a hold of us and let us know. Well, till tomorrow, we're going to have another great show. Don't forget, we're now on seven nights a week. I'm on Monday through Fridays. Mondays, I'm on for an hour. Then Tuesday, Wednesdays through Friday, I'm on the hour and a half. I'm thinking here in the near future to taking it to two hours. So that all depends on you guys out there. Well, till tomorrow, on the other side of the campground, everybody have a good one. Again, a big shout out to all the people, Barb, Rob, uh, Graham, uh, well, Tom, Thomas, and Ron, and Rory, everybody out there. You have a good evening. What's left of it? We will catch you later.
6: Oh